0: TV Wrestling Network friends and family, welcome to 2024 and our first episode of the year for your home of everything current up-to-date modern-day wrestling place to be nation's main event. I am Scott Criscola. Uh, one thing about uh, 2024 as we begin is, is, and I didn't realize this until I was preparing for the show this week, is... Uh, this will be the tenth tenth year of place of uh, placement Nation's main event. This show will be 10 years old, uh, I think later this month or early in February. I have to double check that, but it was in 2014 that uh, that this show began to give everyone a little background. Of course, the very first thing ever threw up uh, through us was, of course, the original mothership, the Place to Be podcast, which started in February of 2011. Um, that was just Jr. and I, of course, which we still do, 600 and almost 40 episodes strong. Uh, two years later, on June 1st, 2013, my birthday, we of course launched PlaceToBeNation.com, and kind of that's the day that Place to Be Nation as a as a community and a family officially began the website of course still just jr and i with some special occasional episodes of other stuff floating around but this was pretty much the only show until we entered 2014 when two new shows debuted one of them was the kevin kelly show which was of course my p.i.c mr. zero and kevin kelly who is currently the voice of Collision or Rampage or one of them. I think it's Collision. Uh, and, of course, he's the former voice of Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling and, of course, one of our dearest friends. And uh, the other show that debuted was Play Stimulation's main event. Sadly, the Kevin Kelly show did not uh, continue after, I think, they went about a year and then Kevin had his schedule blew up and they couldn't do it anymore and of course Kevin would join us uh, intermittently uh, from time to time on uh, uh, you know topical shows on our network Um, but uh, the main event uh, still trucking along 200 and I believe 229 episodes strong I believe I believe we're on 229 I don't even know it in my head right now I think it's 229 maybe 230 but I think it's 229 in any event we're over 200 episodes and 10 straight years. We've had a myriad of talent on here. Uh, of course, the show began with the core four, as I called it. Uh, Steve Aloysius, Willie um, Jordan Duncan, Mister uh, Morse and uh, my uh, compadre with me this evening, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. Of course, hosts and guests have changed. Uh, Steve Willie, left and then returned um steve unfortunately could not join us tonight uh, uh sadly he had a uh, he had a death in the family uh, so he is not with us tonight but we uh we sent our prayers to steve and his family and of course steve will be back with us uh in two weeks for our next episode but we're thinking of you steve um and as a gift to you steve we're gonna spoil all of wrestle king no, not. no we're not no we're not spoiling wrestle kingdom wrestle kingdom technically just happened Barely a day ago, I guess in, you know, time zone world. So we're not going to talk any Wrestle Kingdom this week because we don't want to spoil it because the show's barely a day old. So, um, but my guest tonight was one of the core four. He's kind of like the Andy Pettit of the core four. Steve Willie's definitely Derek Jeter. Um, I'm going to say, uh, Jordan Duncan is Mariano Rivera because if anything he finishes, it's usually his plate. And then uh, Ben Morse is uh, Jorge Posada. So this guy is Andy Pettit. He is, of course, the co-host of the NBA Cast over on the NoSo, or is it the PTB Pop Experience? It's PTB Pop Experience. Uh, and also on uh, over on the NoSo, he does he has the TNA show, and he's with me right now, the boogie
1: of the Bayou, Mister Andrew Reesh. Hello Mr. reach Hey, how you doing? Hi, how are I got you? my radio voice going, yeah. Um, hey. Oh, match yours. Uh, yeah, hi. Um yeah, a slow, slow intro. Uh, but the um, yeah, we had this myriad of talent, and you used it all up, and now we're back to the bottom of the rung, which is me, me. I'm <laughs> <up>. <laughs> and it, 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 it's fitting you compared me to Andy Pettit because I'm pretty sure Andy Pettit was the first Yankee on that team to leave in free agency, and that's what I did.
0: <laughs> and you're also the only one of us that took steroids. So yeah, but I'm also
1: the very first one to fess up if I do something wrong. <laughs> that's true. Yes, that is that, true. His, history says it. Like, it's you know, true. with Giambi and A-Rod, the reason why people don't shit on Andy Pettit in history with the steroid stuff, he was the one who was like, yeah, I did it. I'm sorry. <laughs> and guess yeah. what? It gave him. It was like CM Punk. Yeah, I punched people in the face. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry it goes <laughs> a long
1: way, Scott.
0: It does. I agree, Boogie. An, it an does apology
1: go a goes way. a long way. Yes, it
0: and does. And I'm sorry that people
1: have to listen to this episode with me back on. <laughs>
0: oh, never. You are loved by all. You are oh, loved thanks. by all. It's good to have you back. Um. So... With this being, of course, the first episode of uh, 2024, we're going to do a little year in review this week. We'll go back to 2023, look back, uh, we'll just kind of look at the, at the, uh, uh, all the big promotions, see how their year went, their ups, their downs, and, uh, you know, and some of the, you know, the uh, highlights, shows, moments, and some of the lowlights, of course. Not just, uh, of course, WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor. We will talk NWA. Dr. Gene, I'll do that this weekend. Um, uh, Impact, which of course will now be TNA, which will happen in, what, a week from tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Friday. Maybe we'll talk a match or two, things like that. Look ahead to 2024. Uh, The only show we'll talk about this week, Boogie, uh, which one I'm sure you watched, and that is, of course, AEW World's End, the final big show of 2023 for all in all of wrestling. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, we are not going to talk Wrestle Kingdom 18, which happened. Well, if you're here in North America, the overnight, uh, but happened uh, on the fourth in Tokyo. Uh, no spoilers. It is way too early to do that. So uh, f- be comfortable in knowing that you can listen to this entire show, and we will not mention. Uh, we will not mention Wrestle Kingdom. Like,
1: and, and like uh, for most wrestling fans, it was all just a dream. Nobody saw any of it.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <You're> literally <laughs>
1: sleeping as it took place. Uh, exactly. Like,
0: a total uh, you blur. A really,
1: you want to hear a really funny one too? Um, Somebody, sure. I don't know how somebody figured this out. Elimination Chamber is in um, Australia. It's going to start at five right. in the morning.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, That's it is. They're nuts. doing it. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it during the day. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy, yeah. right? Because um, even... Uh,
1: even uh, uh,
0: like when the, when the pay-per-views uh, are in well, I'll Saudi give you Arabia.
1: Example in 23 was all in London. That was strange. It started at noon or one o'clock. Yeah. Which, well, cause it's only six hours yeah. to,
0: in England. Uh, Australia is like, well, let's, let's put it this way just to break the fourth wall. Everybody. When Dave Hall and I, of course, Dave lives in Australia. When we record uh, through the looking glass, um, we usually record on Sunday evening, but for Dave, it's Monday afternoon. So that ah. tells you how big the gap is between us and Australia. That's why money in the bank or uh, uh, elimination chamber is going to be so early. In any event, uh, what the, the time zone at World's End is pretty much the same as ours. Uh, they were out on Long Island. Uh, I talked to our good friend, Mr. Arsenio uh, D'Amato, uh, who I saw uh, over New Year's. And he actually uh, went to the show, um, and he said it started off good, but it, in his mind it kind of pooped out in the end. Um, uh, we'll give you the results now, and I know Boogie watched it, so uh, it's interesting to get a, a person's perspective who was there and a person's perspective who watched,
1: mm-hmm.
0: watched uh, um uh, who watched uh, on TV? So there were three dark matches or three matches on the pre-show. Uh, Willow Nightingale defeated Chris Statlander in a, just a straight singles match. Uh, Killswitch won the a twenty man battle royal for a future TNT championship match. This was poorly
1: okay. this, this was poorly explained from a storyline standpoint, but you can keep going.
0: Yeah, Killswitch uh, of course the title, the title the shot. Story. I
1: mean that he won. Yes,
0: yes, he won a future TNT title shot. Of course, yes. Killswitch is. He's in cahoots with uh, the current champion, uh, Christian Cage, which was kind of – there was a weird thing going on there. Um, uh, yeah, it was very strange. We'll get to that in a minute. And then Hook defeated Wheeler Yuta to retain the FTW title, which I thought had been retired, but whatever. Um, now, on the main show, the BCC uh, defeated uh, Jay Lethal, Brody King, Jay White, and Roosh in a eight-team. So it was BCC, which is Claudio and Brian Danielson. Mark Briscoe and Daniel Garcia. Miro defeated Andrade when and, This was uh, the
1: this was like the this was like the NXT version of the Brock Lesnar Goldberg mash where you're like both of these people are going to be out the door really soon and it has no heat.
0: <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> the and, difference and is actually, that neither
1: guy neither guy got necessarily booed. Just the the audience just had no invested no invested. Yeah, CJ
0: yeah, CJ uh, turned on uh, Andrade and went with her husband. But Miro, I mean Andra- Andrade's deal is done, so there there is rumors that oh he difference. is
1: he is a free agent and he is going back to WWE. He is that totally
0: means. going back to WWE. Yes, yes, he is totally going back to WWE. Um, uh,
1: Miro is probably going to be going back to WWE. And moment. and the, I'll say this: CJ Perry had a really terrible infection on her finger that needed surgery. Yes, but what it bad. was But what was funny? Is that she put, they, they put the patch on it. She like had like this leather outfit and she like overlapped the finger. So it looked like she had the mandible claw.
0: <laughs> ah, that's funny. Um, uh, Tony's timeless. Tony storm defeated Rio to retain the women's world title. Uh, Swerve Strickland defeated Dustin Rhodes by pinfall in, in a match. Uh, he was supposed to wrestle, um, Keith Lee keith lee but Keith he was lee a hurt. he was a
1: late scratch yeah i don't yes. they didn't explain why but he uh, keith lee had alluded on social media leading up to the event that it was something he had been dealing with for the past three months i don't even want to guess what it is um but you know um but he did have a really bad battle with covid back in 23 2020 and 2021 um i, I just hope for the best for keith lee
0: yeah i do too uh definitely. Uh Sting, Darby Allin, and Les Sex Gods, which is of course the reunited Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, defeated Ricky Starks, Big Bill, and the Don Callis family in an eight-man tag. Oh, two eight-man tags on this show. It's crazy. It's like a new mm-hmm. Japan paper. It's like a new Japan pay-per-view. Um <laughs>
1: do you know one like that that just happened? <laughs> I know.
0: Uh it's Takesh- uh, Takeshita Takeshta and uh, Hobbs of Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh Julia Hart retained the TBS. Um uh, by defeating Abaddon and, and according to uh, John, this match was atrocious and Abaddon is not very good. Um, now Adam Copeland defeated Christian cage to win the TNT title in a no DQ match, but awesome then match. second's later, uh, kill handed his title shot to Christian cage and won the title back. Um, then Eddie Kingston won the Continental Classic, defeating John Moxley. And then in the main event, yes, we have a new AEW world heavyweight champion. It is Samoa Joe who defeated MJF by technical submission um, until the devil came out. And we finally found out that the devil is Adam. Whole. Bay. baby baby and we found <laughs> out this past wednesday uh on dynamite that his new faction is called the undisputed kingdom for
1: it i together. knew it was the uk doing this all along yep damn that <laughs> boris johnson
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh god boris johnson
0: <laughs> oh god um you're the only non-british person i know that would make a boris johnson reference uh <laughs> So, uh, so there's your show. Um, I uh, I didn't watch it, so I don't know firsthand. I'll be honest. Um, Like I said, Damato said the show started off kind of hot and then kind of pooped out down the stretch. Watching it on TV, Boogie, what was your thought? What were your thoughts? Oh, before we break little things down, just overall thoughts on the show.
1: Uh, Thoughts of overall the show. I would. This is probably one of the only times that for me, because I do host an AEW show. You know, with Jordan Duncan, even though we're on a hiatus right now, you know what that means on North-South. This is So I always hi- go to bat for AEW, All Elite Wrestling. I love their shows. Um, but I remember when I previewed Full Gear with you, and I had mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even off-air, that – I just had a bad feeling about AEW going into the full gear in November. Like it feel they feel like they're losing steam, it doesn't, the booking seems a little odd injuries are really killing the, their roster and decimating them and forcing them to make choices storyline wise that they otherwise wouldn't do. And they wound up pulling off a really good show at Full Gear in Los Angeles. This is the first time I could probably tell you, as an AEW like centric person, as a casual, as a person who watch kind of pervades all of wrestling, you didn't miss much. This is one where I'd say, if you don't want to see it, don't see it, because it's just one of these missable shows. Uh, and I hate saying that about any AEW pay- – the last time I felt like this about an AEW pay-per-view, there were some of those Daily Place pay-per-views in 2020 that were not great. It was specifically, there was this one in All Out where it was actually MJF and Moxley in the main event when Moxley was the champion, and it was just not a good show. It was just not their best effort. This, in overall terms, was not AEW's best effort. It felt – the booking was all over the place. The match times were wonky. They give 15 minutes to Miro, but they only give like 17 minutes to Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. I know they could have gone longer than that. Um, they did the swerve involving, no pun intended, uh, Christian Cage winning it back. Some people thought it was fun sports entertaining stuff involving the two veterans um, in a big, like a uh, violent match, but I just thought it was so silly. And they just there was there was very little consequence you know in other than the TNT title switching hands and then you have the world title change hands and the lead gets buried by the reveal of the devil which by this point Scott everyone knew it was Adam Cole everyone knew it you know the rumor came around that um it was going to be Cole from the beginning but when he got injured instead of just Changing, changing Adam Cole, like the the person, the assailant. They Mm -hmm. just had Adam Cole stay as that guy, but he was on the sideline. They had Joe as the accomplice, so they just barely adjusted the storyline. So you basically have a guy on IR as your big reveal. It's it's strange, you know. It gave me that like it it harkened me back to like when Bret Hart started the Hart Foundation. He was in a wheelchair, (laughs) right it's just uh, and and i i know that's like apples to oranges but it was just they got booked into a corner to steal a phrase that a lot of people use in wrestling speak. They were stuck having to finish off storylines for the year 2023. Um, they they were trying to blow off certain matches, even the one that never happened involving Keith Lee and Swerve. That was supposed to be a blow off from a previous feud where Swerve would turn on Keith Lee. Keith never got his match back. And then Keith is out with an injury. So they had to fit the change it to Dustin Rhodes. So it was like they were just trying to like scratch off everything that they had done in 2023 so that they could just start the palette fresh with 24. I will say this, the dynamite after was very, very good. It was much more of a reset of like, okay, MJF's out with an injury with the shoulder and he's, he's not the champion anymore. Samoa Joe is, um, Adam Cole is revealed as the devil, but he, you know, he can sort of be this mouth evil mouthpiece. Uh, Brian Danielson's in Japan. Uh, so they, 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 were missing a lot of the big hitters, but they had a very good, like, let's just go straight to the wrestling type of show. And that's what AEW is best at. And world's end was not that that's, that's really what it is. If I had to say any matches to really go to bat for, I really enjoyed Adam Copeland versus Christian cage, even though I thought the finish was stupid. Um, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley was really good. I just wish it was longer to finish off what I thought was a great um series of wrestling matches in the continental classic um and i thought joe versus mjf was okay it's just a shame that mjf was clearly banged up when he went into that match other Mm. than that it was just if i had to grade it on an objective level i'd give it like a c plus it just wasn't a good show Mm. and that's uh
0: that's not often that anybody says that about a pay per view, because one thing boogie they have about the lightest the,
1: touch when it comes to booking pay per views.
0: Yeah, both of them do actually. Honestly, if you break down WWE when it comes to pay per view, very rarely do their pay per views not deliver, and very rarely do AEW pay per views not deliver. And honestly, even for them, the ones I've watched this year, even the Impact pay per views for the most part were incredibly entertaining and. Uh, and I'm looking for good things out of TNA in 2024. We'll talk it about, that, like, a we'll talk about like that. a little It looked like a pay per
1: view that they added at the last second because, in the long run, they kind of did. Yeah, you they know, did. They, they announced it in October. Um, you know, you could do the Starcade thing, where you know, Starcade was built like that with NWA and WCW, where you blow off your big feuds of that year, and then you can kind of start fresh for the next one. But um, it didn't feel celebratory. It didn't feel like we were uh, going into uncharted territory. The matches that blew off some of these feuds just didn't – it didn't give me the satisfaction that I wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I also know the fact that MJF is going to be missing in action. Um, You know, Danielson got used in – I I think Brian Danielson is the greatest wrestler in the world. And have him just stuck in an eight man tag, it's like, really? <laughs> you know, like we could have used them in other ways, but um, just a just a misfire. I just thought it was a very, very rare AEW booking misfire. Mm.
0: Um I think I think overall uh match results were were fine. Obviously injuries injuries seem to always do in AEW. And I think it's because they, they they try to prove a lot of points about the hard hitting and their snugness, the, the snugness with which they wrestle. And I think that costs them like Brian Danielson, I think is, is playing with fire. I mean, he broke his arm. He's playing with a, he's re- playing, he's wrestling with a, with a busted eye socket. I mean, I don't know what he's trying to prove. And then you've got, then you found, I don't know if you heard this, but a uh, Kota Ibushi wrestled a match a couple weeks or maybe earlier in the week. He wrestled 33 minutes with a broken ankle. Like, what the hell is wrong with these guys?
1: I'll give you another is- one. Roosh wrestled most of the Continental Classic with a torn hamstring. Yeah. What's On what the, planet what is- do you ha- play a sport with a torn hamstring for mm, about two weeks? You don't. Like, what is <laughs> What is the game here,
0: though? Like, this isn't like the 80s or or the 90s where, or even the 2000s. Mostly, I'll say the 2000s where... WWE was the only game in town, and you had to like fight for your job. There's like a zillion promotions. There's at least three viable, lucrative options for professional wrestling right now WWE, AW, or TNA. Now, TNA, obviously, money wise, this might be a notch below the other two, but it's still living. Um, it's not like 2002 through 2015 or 16 where Wwf was the only WWE was the only game in town and, you know, TNA was there, but, eh, and then obviously you had ROH who couldn't really pay you either. There's plenty of places to wrestle now. And um wrestling hurt, I think is, there's no badge of honor in that. In my opinion, I think you're just being stupid and I, I just don't get it. Like, and unfortunately for Tony Khan, that was one of his big problems throughout this year was injuries, and we'll get to that when we talk about the, the year in review.
1: I'll, um, I'll, I'll counter with this, is that are there a zillion, you know, quote-unquote, um, promotions out there? Yeah, there are. There are quite a few places you can go. I will say this, though, Scott. Within those promotions, there aren't a zillion spots. So there's this sort of, I think there is this sort of desire or motivation of, hey, we need to grind it like Harley Race did or Ric Flair did or Dusty Rhodes did. And we need to be able to recover quickly from injuries or we're going to lose this spot that we've worked so hard to get to at this point. Um, And to steal a phrase that you hear in sports a lot, the best ability is availability sometimes. And right. we can even transition this a little bit with the um, newly-oldly-renamed the newly TNA, the, the newly, where they're going to be doing this uh, show called Hard to Kill. But look at some of the people that are being put in certain spots there. One of them is a guy who just became a free agent out of MLW, Alex Hammerstone. Uh, and then the other one is, guess who? El Vikingo. A guy who mm-hmm. has had some injuries in the past because he – similar to Kota Ibushi, he takes some incredible risks uh, acrobatically. But the fact that he's healthy and he's available and he's a popular act on the indies, that makes him attractive. Uh, and also he's not signed full-time to one company. He he can fit in that spot. So I guess there's just a lot of people like Rouge or um, – uh, I'm trying to – even in WWE, you, you see this, this sometimes where people just try to uh, – you know wrestle through injuries where it's like i just don't i i feel like i'm gonna lose momentum if i or my push will be gone if i if i bow out at this point um mm-hmm. the, the problem is that if the, if the injuries start to become more and more severe how far can you go before you just go off the deep end i guess with brian danielson and i don't want to try to make it like he's the greatest at everything maybe his threshold of pain is just great better than others i don't know you know, maybe he mm. can just handle these kind of serious injuries. It probably, and, um, it probably is. It probably and have is. great matches and still have great matches. Yeah, no, it probably is. He, he
0: definitely uh, has a, a high tolerance. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I looking at some of the, some of the little things on this show, we'll talk about. I have a feeling, I don't know if it's just because of how hot he is right now and how he's had this belt for a while, but. Christian has I think Christian Cage has has positioned himself to maybe winning the AEW world title at some point in twenty twenty four. Um he's a solid – he's an amazing heel, even though he dresses like a museum curator. He uh <laughs> he he's got this little faction here, you know. Pa- Adam it's Copeland, called the
1: it's called the patriarchy.
0: You know, Adam Copeland won his Won the TNT his first title outside of WWE in ages for eleven seconds or whatever, um. So Christian Cage, I think, uh, Boogie has set himself up for pretty big things, uh, for twenty twenty four. I could see him at some point being a world champion.
1: Are you saying that you want to see Samoa Joe and Christian Cage in, an, in a main event? Are you sure this is not a TNA podcast, Scott Criscolo? Did you fool me? Did you fool me? <laughs> um, Yeah, you know what? I was even thinking about this on the fly. You know, it'd be funny if they just did a kayfabe because they even made a mention with Adam Cole because Wardlow is an Undisputed, which is like, why? But they they try to throw this thread in there of like oh yes um I am the leader I am the uh, the architect of this heel faction that screwed right. over MJF but I'm not friends with Samoa Joe either we were just friends we were just enemies of the same person and if I'm gonna get Wardlow who's fully healthy to beat Samoa Joe for the title and then he'll just give me my W my AEW world title that wouldn't work but you know what would work. If Christian Cage won the AEW championship, and because he has two belts, he just gives the TNT championship to uh, to Killswitch, that would be funny. Or he would give it to Nick Wayne, but not to Killswitch, which would enrage him even more. Right, and then Killswitch. I Smith. mean, let's really play around with it if we're going to just go with Hustle. But um, I like the faction, The you know, Shayna Wayne. I don't know if you've seen her promos. I know people talk about her as a MILF and stuff like that, and I get I get the appeal there, but... Her promos are not bad. And she gets heat. Uh Nick Wayne has this like look smug look on his face, like he's a total douchebag when he wants to be. Um and kill switch slash luchasaurus, it's kinda easy to um sympathize with him. It's mm-hmm. weird to say that about an evil dinosaur. But um but you feel like he's been victimized <laughs> um by Christian Cage um within the fa- faction. But yeah, Christian he he's just classic he runs he knows how to run down the town he runs down whoever opponent he's going to be in front of he talks about how everybody's fathers are dead uh which is just the greatest way to scoop heat ever you know but it's it's um you know he, he, he I think he's doing a great job but I do think they have other places they can go Don Callis has a heel faction with I think a Star in Takeshda alongside uh, Powerhouse Hobbs um I know this is off topic but because of certain developments within uh in the accusatory manner I think we won't see Chris Jericho too much over the next month. Uh so that leaves a bit of a space time-wise uh on television for people to get some matches and get some shine um unless you think I'm wrong and you think Jericho's just going to be coming right back. Um I don't know is Fozzie touring? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this, this. I mean, I, I don't think it's safe yet to delve into that particular thing that Nick Houseman got into trouble about. But anytime that stuff pops up and you start getting, vi- like, visibly booed on the pay per view event, it's not good. So mm, you got to yeah. take the temperature in the room. I'm sure uh, your on site um, friend can tell you about that. Um, how the crowd didn't seem to be favoring Jericho there in Long Island. But when you feel, when you can read the room like that, you're like, I need to get out of here. You know, so, you know, we might not see a lot of these familiar faces. You know, Kenny Omega's out with diverticulitis. The Young Bucks are um, doing victory laps in their living room. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And and I'm trying to think of uh, any any other, the only one that would be a veteran that's going to be around is Sting, but that's because he's ramping up for his last match in March. So, it's um it's 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 going to be a different cast of crew you know it's almost like the a team and the b team when they had the house shows you know back in the 80s with the wwf you know now we got the b team kind of like doing their stuff but sometimes the b team has the best work
0: mm. well i mean obviously we're going to see well let's dive into it so that was world's end our next pay-per-view will be march 3rd which is uh revolution down in uh, greensboro and it will be the last match for Nate Milton's favorite wrestler of all time, the man they call Sting, handicap it now, Boogie. Before we move on, who is Sting facing on March third?
1: I think it will be Darby Allen, but they haven't confirmed anything.
0: I think it'll be Darby Allen too.
1: I do. I think it'll be one on one with Darby Allen to try to prove that he he can beat him.
0: I don't know if Darby Allen will turn heel. I think Sting may. I think Sting may. Uh, Request Darby Allen. No Stingman. I think it'll be a face versus face. I don't think we need any heel turns or anything. Um, just my opinion. But um,
1: so, um, or it could be PN News in a scaffold match.
0: You do realize we have to go for another hour. I can't shut you up. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: I will say this: they've gotten thirteen thousand. Well, you are
0: the you are the bottom rug of this ladder. Um.
1: They have sold 13,000 tickets already, so it's going to be a packed house. This one was oh, yeah. 9,000 for Nassau. So they, even though it wasn't like an established event, they did well at World's End, but this one's going to – they're going to really pack the joint for the Sting last yeah. match thing. It's going to be more of a ceremonial pay-per-view, to be honest.
0: I agree. I think it will be as well. We'll talk more about that down the line. Of All, right. All right, so let's, uh, let's, let's look back at 2023. And look at uh, positives and negatives of the big promotions. I always I call it the six-pack. But we're only going to talk about uh, five of the six-ish. More like four and a half. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on New Japan. I want to have Steve on for that. Maybe we'll talk about that with him in two weeks on the next show. About New Japan in 2024. Because he's a little more in on that than you and I are. Um, but I will say about New Japan quickly. New Japan is going to look very different this year. Because for the first time... In quite a bit, uh, New Japan is losing guys to North America. I mean, they've lost Will Ospreay. He's in AEW. Uh, I think uh, they're going to lose Tomatonga, even though he won the Open Weight title. Uh, well, okay, that was one spoiler. He won the Open Weight title, um, but he may be leaving because I think his contract's up soon. Um, and uh, they're they might. I'm not going to say it's definite, but there's a good chance they lose Okada. The only reason I'm saying it's iffy is because his wife is a very well-known actress in Japan, so I don't know how he. There may be issues, you know, between he may have to have a deal where he's not in North America all the time. Yeah, uh, but that's, and that's- remember
1: that very odd thing that happened where he was in AEW wrest- and he wrestled um, a tag match, and it turned out that the reason he did that was because he was having indifference with the former boss at New Japan. The president at the time um, for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that he was considering leaving to go to the States, and he was going to AEW to basically kick the tires to see how he would um, acclimate there. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if he visited uh, with the WWE side, too, just to negotiate. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi has now been implemented as the president, so I don't know how that changes the relationship. I don't know the relationship between Okada and Tanahashi and Gator. I don't know it, but you would have to imagine that Okada feels secure in, 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 in NJPW, where if they want him back, he like, if he desires to go back there, the door is open for him to stay there. Yeah, I think so. I think that's very interesting. Like he's not finished. Like they can keep going with him.
0: Oh no, they totally can. And I think, Again, we'll we'll dive more into the weeds with with Steve in a couple weeks, but I, I do think that 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 you will see a change, um, in New Japan, kind of the makeup over the over the year, because I think you are going to see uh you are going to see some guys uh leaving. Um, I wonder what Zack Saber Junior.'s future will be. Um, Tanahashi, that's like John Cena being the president, being the head of WWE, <laughs> kind of thing. Um. <laughs> So. And they've
1: got and they they don't have young lions type of talent, but they have they have good young talent. You know, Yuyuri Mora is really good. Um even though this guy is not has been around for a minute, uh, Hiromu Takahashi is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um and they've got other and and Sonata, I saw him at Forbidden Door Wrestle jungle boy. Sonata was impressive. Yes, you know he's held the IWGP World Championship. So he's that this is I mean, they have a lot of really good talent. They know how to bring in the, um, the, the, jo- the, uh, not the Joshi, but the, um, the, the Gaijin, Gaiju. like uh, the, uh, yeah, the, um, American talent and and yep. implement them and use them right. Um, so it, they'll, they'll be okay. And new J- Japanese wrestling is just a different cat and new Japan does it best. They book it best. Um, hmm. the turnout, um, uh, I can talk about with wrestle kingdom was not, um, the best, compared to other years which gives you an idea that maybe their business is on a somewhat downturn which is why maybe they made that change up top in the offices um but you know that happened also with Paul Levesque where they noticed okay business is kind of stagnant and we could probably pull off um, a profit even if Vince isn't in charge so let's just switch up creative and they had Paul running it and businesses is, business is up i would i would it would be safe to say in terms of revenue w w e is doing better than they did a year or two ago under vince
0: mhm
1: you know let's uh, let's hope russell let's hope that Russell Kingdom is the spark to that for new Japan going forward with new leadership mm um, yeah, and i think
0: uh, i think uh, one thing about about new japan you 're always going to get top flight um in-ring action that's never going to be a problem with with uh that's never going to be a problem with uh with new japan but we'll see if the talent they have a good
1: collaborative relationship with um AEW. you know they do the forbidden door show which has gotten good turnout and rave reviews so they can always go back to that um all Japan is somewhat partnering with WWE. So you wonder if they're raising the stakes a little bit, maybe there'll be mm-hmm. some competitive nature there where new Japan knows they have to start bringing in women's wrestling or, you know, or such and such. Um, I just wonder if they're going to, they're going to have new ideas with, uh, um, with new people in charge. That's what I'm wondering mm. about with new Japan.
0: Uh, I concur with you and we'll get more into that. Uh, uh, again, I I, I definitely want to include Steve in this conversation because yeah, that's, that's right in his wheelhouse. So we'll talk more about that when he returns in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Um, let's talk about Ring of Honor, and we're going to talk about Ring of Honor as a separate entity, not as you know the little pet of of AEW. Uh, obviously, the promotion most affected by the pandemic, besides NWA, but they don't count, is uh, is ROH. They were really in bad straits. Um, I think a lot of people thought that they were going to go under. And then they were saved by Tony Khan, which everyone thought was the greatest thing in the world because WWE was going to treat it like dirt and blah, blah 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 blah. But now that you look at it, you think to yourself, what has Tony Khan done with Ring of Honor while he's had it? Almost all of the champions are ROH guys except the women's champion Willow Nightingale, who's for the most part ROH. And actually, the women's title overall, because even Athena was not wrestling on AEW. But all the the champion, you had Jericho, you had Claudio, and now you have Eddie Kingston. Um,
1: MJF was an ROH champion.
0: MJF and Adam Cole were the tag champs before Adam Cole got hurt, and MJF pretty much did it single, and now he's... Now he's... uh, uh, now the champions are uh, the kingdom. It's, it's the kingdom.
1: Right? It's Matt Haven and Mike Bennett.
0: It's Haven and, and Mike and Bennett. In
1: the, but the funniest picture ever was that they didn't reveal who they were yet because uh, because World's End was three days later when they did the big reveal of the devil and stuff. So the ROH cha- the ROH champions for a few days were the masked men of the devil. <laughs> and let me tell you. They could have done a great gimmick here, Scott. And I please don't shut up reach me on this one. This is this <laughs> one would this one would have worked. I okay. would have just had masked men as the tag champions but just kept the mask and you could just change the identity. You could just change the real people.
0: Well, oh, I mean, you could do that. i have It's doors, the R- are H- fucking tag
1: team champions? I mean, probably yeah. Delirious had that one time. Who cares? You know, like I would have just had random masked men and like the Lost Conquistadors and just had whoever in it. Like there was a rumor that one of them who is the masked men in the segment beating up MJF as the devil's accomplices was Sean Spears. Sean Spears doesn't work at AEW anymore. Uh, just... No,
0: he is a free agent as well.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a part of 24 that we're not going to, is more of a retrospect show, but like 24, of the big thing is free agency going in. Like a lot of people have options, yeah. you know?
0: Uh, yes. Ton of free agency. I agree with you. Um, Uh, But ROH, uh, I don't know what their, I don't know what, uh,
1: what their identity, their identity to me is it's bare bones. Like if you go to Bucky's. Ring of Honor is like that rundown Seven Eleven where you can get the best pack of cigarettes, <laughs> you know, like it's right. one of those it like I'll give you an example. When we did our last show, we barely mentioned the fact that they had a Ring of Honor pay-per-view literally the week that it dropped, which is Final Battle. I watched it. I watched all five hours of it, Scott. It's actually a great show. Mm-hmm. But nobody watched it and barely anybody remembers it. The one thing that was notable was that the main event was Athena versus Billy Starks because they actually told a story and they had a feud. The problem with ROH is that even the one, even the small feuds and stories that they have within the programming, they have very, very little bearing or consequence. So people don't, aren't invested in it. The only one they were invested in was Athena and Billy Starks being her minion who wanted to win the title off of her. You know, but in terms of wrestling, if you just – go bare bones to the wrestling man ring of honor kicks ass like they can really pull out they tony khan's got amazing talent to the point that if you just have a derivative version of the AEW roster and you put them on ring of honor which is what it is it's really good roster you could still deliver really good matches um that probably over deliver um the problem is doesn't it, it's like the you know the far, the uh, tree falling in the forest like does it make a sound like is people or anybody going to care? And that's the same position Ring of Honor was during COVID. Nobody cared. I hate to say that about right. Ring of Honor, but nobody cared. No, you
0: weren't. You weren't wrong, and that was ultimately the problem. we were not making any money. Uh, it was a struggle. You know, it was a struggle.
1: Does Honor Club uh, make money? Probably, but very minuscule. You know, I, mean, I have a
0: subscription. I have a okay. subscription.
1: You okay, know, so you deliver to the cause. Congratulations. I do
0: six bucks a month <laughs> or seven. I don't remember what it is. Um, you know, and because I think the, 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 first of all, the interface is 10 times better than it used to be, which is what I, why I also like, uh, uh TNA plus now, because it's head and shoulders better than impact plus. Um, I, I do think that there will be a show what I think Tony Khan should do, because let's be honest, they do five hours of wrestling a week. That's a lot of hours for a guy who doesn't really use his roster that much.
1: Not just that, the fact that collision, and I'm not saying it's all punk, but when punk got let go, collision originally had a vision of like, it's these other, it's these other people on the show. You know, punk's there, FTR is there, Andrade's there, Miro's there, this person's there. It had a different identity. I kind of liked the way it was formatted. It was different from the way Tony. Con- it was almost like Tony Khan didn't book it. Right now, with Punk gone, Collision is basically just a continuation of what happens on Dynamite slash Rampage. And it's ex- you know, you know what's funny? Like Christmas just happened, and you know you meet family, and you know how sometimes you talk to somebody and you go, "Man, I love you, but you're exhausting." <laughs> And that's AEW. AEW, I love AEW, but it's exhausting to watch. Like there, mm. there are some weeks or two weeks stretches where I look at the backlog of what needs to be seen, and I'm like, it's Herculean. It's like, good lord, do I can I really plop on a chair and have this much time to watch pro wrestling? And the sad part is, you miss great stuff if you don't see every episode. But there's, you know, there's just no, there's no separation of church and state anymore in AEW. It's just. Let's just throw it all out there. They need to find a way to carve a new identity. And 2023, I felt like they were doing okay with like, with the identity of their programming and separating it. And then when all the cataclysm happened with injuries and Punk getting let go, it really dove into a tailspin in the back half of AEW. And I thought the product was worse because of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think... One of the safest things they should probably do is just take one of these shows, whether it's Dynamite, Rampage, or Collision, and make one of them a weekly Ring of Honor show.
1: I thought that's what I thought that's what Rampage was gonna be. I thought Rampage was gonna turn into Ring of Honor. But they didn't do that. Instead they have Ring of They had I actually liked Ring of Honor when they were taping it at Universal Studios instead of Dark. I liked it because it gave – even Claudio Castagnoli in an interview said that, that I like the fact that it had its own kind of closed-door identity a la Full Sail and NXT. I understand Full Sail NXT setting is just way nicer, way spazzier, and, like, they have way more inventory to work with things versus Universal Studios sound stages. But I did like the fact that ROH was just there. Now they just tape it before collision. Nobody fucking cares. And it shows on camera. You know, that's the sad part. It needs its own identity, Scott, and mm-hmm. they're just not able to carve that out by doing pre pre-ram- pre collision, pre rampage tapings of these shows. It just does. You could put the you could put the drapes, the aprons on there, and the ropes on there, and the different lighting on there for the Ring of Honor, but it just doesn't. It doesn't feel different. It doesn't feel different. It just feels like a derivative of AEW. Mm. At least in at least in NXT. It's in Orlando. It's in um wherever Full Sail is in Florida. It's like it's Orlando. It's, it's over there. Right. WWE is the bright lights, the big cities, the big eight thousand, 8 plus thousand crowds. NXT is like almost like a fishbowl, but it's it's but it's its own fishbowl. It's like like MJF saying, I am a scumbag, but I'm your scumbag. You know, <laughs> right. Right. Ro- ROH doesn't have that. That's the problem. Yeah. They're nobody's promotion. It's only Tony Khan's. <laughs> Do you think that'll change in 2024? It it has to if they want to be monetary. You know, they got to find a way to make money off of this thing, Mm. and they're not doing it. You know, Impact just improved its uh, streaming service by getting uh, into a partnership with uh, Endeavor, so they they know. Like, look, we got to pay extra bucks to look better and to carve an identity for ourselves so that people recognize us from TNA. Does Ring of Honor do that with Ring of Honor television archives? No, you know it's it's you know, as much as people want to crap on TNA. At least their programming in the decade past, it actually looks like a cable program. ROH looked like it was filmed in a ratty gym by a high school student. Right, that was the problem with Ring of Honor. It was amazing product with with caveman technology.
0: Hmm.
1: Now you got the technology to make Ring of Honor look great. They just don't put the talent in it, and when they do put the talent in it, it's very uneven and it feels like special guest appearances. Right. Um.
0: The other thing they got to do is they have to they have to get out of the habit of uh, of having AEW guys winning ROH belts. That's that's stupid. They mm-hmm. need to get rid of that. They need to change that. They just they, are, have- they just add in
1: another belt, the Continental Title. That's the one from the win. How do you win a tournament and get a belt from it? Like, how is that pot? Like, that's like the Lakers having a banner for their in-season tournament. What kind of stupid team does that?
0: Yeah, well, they're paying the price for that because I think they've won one game since. <laughs> um, so, T-
1: take the banner down. <laughs> take the banner down.
0: Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure winning the in-season tournament magic's like, yeah, that's the equivalent of when we beat the Celtics in but 85. But seriously, like the they're, they you know?
1: there. We've always said this. There's too many belts. There's too many titles. And
0: now so, there's even more And Eddie Kingston's walking around with three belts from three different promotions. He's carrying. And I know everybody wants to like, like be happy for Eddie Kingston. Cause he tells the same 10 stories about how he lived under his bed. And you know, he couldn't pay his bills and yaba yaba yaba, like every other starving wrestler. But I Eddie King, I'm sorry. Eddie Kingston's just one of those guys. I just don't see the allure
1: in. I, I just don't. It's just you know me. whose fault this is? It's Ultimo Dragon's fault. Because when he took that picture with all them belts, everybody, every wrestler who saw that in Bill Abter's mag was like, "That's what I want to be. I want to win all those belts at once." And they all
0: look the same. <laughs> they're, they're all small. They all look like boxing belts. But anyway,
1: the Continental belt visually looks okay, um, compared to the one, the Strong belt and the ROH title. But I
0: mean. Yeah. Boogie. AEW has three. Three. Secondary tier titles. That's like three intercontinental titles. Now, WWE has two, but they're separated on two different rosters. You have the intercontinental title on Raw and you have the United States title on SmackDown. But AEW doesn't do that. The TNT belt. The international title, which I think is a nice belt that uh, Orange Cassidy has, and this continental belt are going to be on all the shows. And yes. then he's got a women's belt and a women's secondary belt. Although I do love Julia Hart. Um, and you've got two sets of tags. Or do you? No, just one tag. They um, also
1: added a women's television championship. Yes, which we don't even know what they're going to do with that. I mean, that's just that's just ridiculous. I, that's I've got thing. my money on Vert Vixen. Vert Vixen's going to win.
0: <laughs> well, AEW with a big debut this week. Uh, not a total surprise, but the virtuosa herself, Diana Perazzo. Yeah, I think she has off goals
1: in the women's ring of honor television championship. Yeah, I think she does. she's going to be I think she will be showcased a lot um, the thing that was interesting about Deonna Purrazzo debuting is that a lot of rumors had swirled also about Mercedes Monet. I don't know how deeply you want to go into it because it could be it could be possible that Fightful is getting swerved. And when they had that report come out that Mercedes Monet walked away from WWE, they couldn't agree on money, and they're saying he's gonna that she's going to go to AEW, it could be a giant swerve and she just goes back to, to WWE, you know, um, because she didn't debut on Dynamite alongside… Deanna It was just Diana on the show. So
0: yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I mean Deanna's ceiling was. I mean she was way above the ceiling in in TNA. There was nothing. She wrestled at TNA
1: do. or uh, at AEW. She looked good.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh. Obviously, the other one. Uh, there is rumors that Trinity's deal will be up soon, and she'll probably go back to WWE now. Um. Which leaves a big gaping hole in Impact. Uh, in TNA for the women's division, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, But let's talk about that now. Let's talk, let's talk TNA next. Mm -hmm. So impact had a very, very impact year. Nothing earth shattering, but nothing too terrible. They had great matches. Uh, They had people going in and out, you know, speedball, Mike Bailey went in. Uh, I called it right here on this program that Alex Shelley was going to become the impact world champion. He did. Everybody laughed at me. Um, he still has it. Uh, I think everybody their mother thought that Josh Alexander was going to beat him at Bound for Glory, and that did not happen. Uh, I went to my first TNA pay-per-view ever back in September. I went to Victory Road, and I, thought, I had a fun time. It was the night before the 1,000th episode of Impact. And now they're going to go back to the red and yellow letters of total nonstop action. I think this is a great move for them. Um, I always thought it was odd that the promotion and their main show were the same name. I always thought that was stupid. That's just me. Um, their first big p- now they're calling their shows "Premium Live Events," which led everyone to think that Triple H's announcement tonight on this Best of Show involved them. Was that, yes, was that they were that was that they were in a partnership? But that's not going to happen. There's there's and there's no need for them to partner with did uh, a TNA. That makes no sense because uh, everyone thought because Endeavor. Streaming, which has nothing to do with WWE, folks, nothing, nothing to do with WWE, <laughs> that Endeavor streaming. So I know I, it's got nothing I know to do with it.
1: I don't want to try to make it too complicated about what Endeavor and WME really is. Endeavor is a large investment group that was born out of Hollywood um, agents, talent agency firms. Long story short, there's a lot of big money people involved in Endeavor in all cases, not just involving WWE. So when there's something involving ESPN or Fox or something or another, and it's Endeavor related, oh, WWE's involved. No, it just has the same partners. That's all. Mm. That's all. You know, now. Can they can they tie them together because of UFC be, and WWE being under the same umbrella of Endeavor in terms of direct ownership? Of course, they can do that. They can tandem them together, but that doesn't necessarily. Like, if Endeavors has a has a person in their group that helps produce a television show on ABC, it doesn't mean that WWE is going to ABC. You know, mm. like it's it's just it's just a it's just a kind of like weirdly related thing where a lot of people with a lot of deep pockets are involved in the same company. That's all, you know, mm. it's, it's Hollywood Correct. man. they're all just kind of like, it's almost like temporary affiliations. Hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, they had a great, solid, consistent year with, uh, great shows, good talent. um, The T V show still kind of in a niche. It'll be in a niche uh um you know this year as well until they find another place for it. But they've kind of set themselves up. Again, they don't have pay-per-views anymore. They're called premium live events. There's four of them now. Hard to kill, rebellion, Slammiversary, and uh Bound for Glory. All the other shows are part of your uh, part of your uh, uh, TNA Plus subscription. Now, TNA Plus changed things up. You could get, uh, you could get, um, there's two packages. There's a $9.99 a month package, which gives you the whole archive and all of the, uh, everything except the four big shows. And that's 10 bucks a month or I think it's $95 for the year, or for one price, not monthly, but just one annual subscription of $219 a month, a year, you get everything, including the four pay-per-views. Um, if you are a TNA diehard, that's actually not a bad deal. One payment, you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the year, and you get hard to kill as it happens. Rebellion, when is rebellion? End of June, I think. No, end of May. The last
1: re- the last rebellion was on April sixteenth.
0: Right. So middle of April, you have Slamiversary, which is middle of July, I think. Yes, that's middle exactly. of July. It was, it was and July then, 20th. and then Bound for Glory, which is always the the middle of uh, October. And then you get everything else: No Surrender and all the other shows. They used to have Hardcore Justice, or whatever the hell they're all, Carl. You know, final resolution, like all the other pay-per-views they had back in the day, those are all part of the, the regular base package. So and this includes all of the asylums, all the old Jeff Jarrett, Vince Russo, sports entertainment extreme crap that that was in the the, the fairground tent in Nashville in two thousand two and two thousand all that stuff's there. All the impact shows are there. Um yeah, everything's in there. So um so I think they're they're going to find their own their own niche in twenty twenty four. They've got a lot of talent still. They still have Josh Alexander. They still have Moose, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban. They have all those rock solid guys. Uh, they do now have a hole in their women's division because uh, obviously Deanna Parazzo is gone. Trinity could be gone. Um, probably the two the next top top dogs in the women's division, the knockouts would be um, Jordan Grace. And I would assume Giselle Shaw. Uh, um, Eddie Edwards' wife, whatever her name is. Alicia Edwards? Yes, Alicia, Alicia Edwards. Edwards. Alicia Edwards. Um, and then you've got, of course, uh, uh, what's her name? Masha Slamovich and what's her name? Killer Kelly. They're the knockouts tag team champions. Of course, the biggest women's free agent next to Ms. Mercedes Monet, but she seems to be problematic with everybody. Uh I think that most likely the biggest free agent, of course, right now for the women for a women's division is one of my favorites, as everyone here knows, on the PTB Wrestling Network. And that is, of course, Camille, the only time NWA women's world champion. Big fan. I am a big fan. Of course, the doctor is a big fan. WWE is really hard on her right now. Like, apparently they they have very high things for her. And with Charlotte probably gone, um, Charlotte probably gone until at the earliest September, you've got either, uh, I mean, you do have, uh, uh, not Rhea Ripley, why am I brain farting? Jade Cargill, when she's ready, Triple H threw that dig in about she needs to be retrained. (laughs) <laughs> which I thought was pretty which I thought was pretty funny
1: that I thought that was petty I thought that was a petty shot that he well
0: I try. thought it was a shot because he's kind of throwing a dig at Cody because Cody was part of the training although I don't think he was as much part of it as as others were but
1: yeah that that's legitimate you know but um also and this is a very small thing because I really don't think w w e is in the business of letting people uh like letting top targets and free agency loose within their own company, but Becky Lynch is going to be a free agent this summer. So if she wanted to depart, she could and just try to do acting or something like that. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Becky Lynch is going to sign a new deal. Well, I think Becky Lynch is staying, too. I mean, right. You
0: know, her and her. her so and her there won't be hubby an, hubby an
1: absence there uh, with uh with Becky. You know, there's always Ron. I, I know you're going to laugh at this, but there's always Ronda Rousey. You know, well, Ronda, Ronda
0: likes-, likes Ronda. I think you're going to see Ronda. I think you're going Ronda- to see Ronda. Hot and heavy in ring of honor for most of the year. I don't know if she'll go to AEW. I don't think she'd fit. I think the crowd would not be. I don't think the crowd would uh, welcome her.
1: And we've already seen some of the um, some of the imports from uh, from Stardom. Mariah May, who's from London, who'd got her, who kind of got her, who made her name at Stardom. She's in AEW now. Uh, Juliana, who I've never seen, to be quite honest, she's going to WWE probably. Mm-hmm. Um and there'll be more. There'll be other candidates out there. Kyrie Sane was in one of the uh Joshi jo- companies and now she's in WWE again. So th- there's always that. There's always that opening to go to TNA or AEW or WWE from Japan because women's wrestling I think is on a renaissance. We're seeing more talented women's wrestlers than we've ever seen, and tr- you know in plurality. Like there's more of them than there's ever been, and I think yeah. we'll see more of them. And I and I trust Impact. Impact. Yeah as a way of just grooming really good talented well-rounded women's wrestlers and also and this is very important they always leave impact seemingly on good terms it always yes. seems it seems like they i don't want to try to make it lesser than AEW wwe but it's almost like they grad like diana perrazzo they kind of graduate from from impact wrestling
0: does that make sense i totally agree i think a lot of it uh, boogie is Scott Demore. Scott Demore just seems like a legit, straight-up guy. Very cool. Understands that he, you know, uh, unless they get bought by somebody mega, they'll always be number three, just because of money. They they, they probably pay well, but they don't pay, you know, they don't pay, obviously, what, but, what Tony Connors can I can Blade get, I can can get
1: Camille's appeal with A W W E because you look at her on screen, even if she just showed up today, on NXT, you'd be like, who the hell is that? <laughs> she looks right. like a million bucks, you know? Yes, so I understand I don't, the deal. But I,
0: I truly think she's going to go, I think she's going to go straight to, if she goes to WWE, she's going to go straight to the main roster. She's not going to stop in NXT. Yeah,
1: Julian's NXT's supposedly going to go to NXT.
0: NXT's at a good place right now. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get sure. to that in a minute. Yeah, of course. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, So I think... I think TNA is going to have a good year. They're going to have good shows. They get around. They don't stay in just little pockets. They get around to just like a TNA, just like AEW and WWE does. I look forward to TNA and their prices are very affordable. I look forward to TNA coming back to this area. I'd love to go to a T- another TNA show. Um, and I think that I do think uh, that uh that we're going to see some big signings. Now, they're promoting a mega signing. Uh TNA is announcing for the show a week from tomorrow a week from tomorrow at next uh, next Saturday at Hard to Kill um that they are going to um uh announce a big signing. I don't know what that signing is. There's been a lot of speculation. It's not Will Ospreay, obviously. I don't think it's gonna be uh Mercedes Monet. It could be. But I don't think so. I think Mercedes is looking for the big, big payout. Yeah, and I think for AW, the Mercedes, it's WWE her.
1: or AEW, right?
0: Well, A and they both and both sides and both broke down with her. I don't know why AEW didn't. We do know that that uh, talks broke down with WWE because apparently Mercedes wanted to be the highest paid women's wrestler in the company. And I know Triple H pretty well. Triple H will not reward disloyalty. Um, She could say whatever she wants, but WWE will not will not pay will not reward disloyalty. I do think they will bring Trinity back, but they're not going to make Trinity the highest paid, you know, woman in the company. Um. I don't know why there's a disconnect between her and AEW. Those details we've never heard. But if I was,
1: Mercedes- it's almost like a strong flirtation. They literally had yeah. her propped up at all in with a graphic and everything. You're just, like, I think, This is yeah. going to happen, and it, they just never got to the altar. It seems. Like. I truly,
0: I truly think, I truly think that that uh, Mercedes Monet should go to. Um, should go to should go to TNA. I think they'll pay her well.
1: She would be uh, the star of the company. The T H E. They could just they should just call it T Monet. <laughs> T Monet. That is actually pretty awesome, Boogie. That's the
0: greatest <laughs> thing you've ever said. Scott Demore, I'm give me sure, a call. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure that we put that in an open or a vignette or something. Because that would be one of the greatest. No, things like ever- Trinity no.
1: really. And, you know, this is a big thing about impact is that they take these island misfit toys or people who have fallings out elsewhere and they let them cook. And, that you know, like speedball Mike Bailey. I know these two people, these two sets of people aren't the surprise because they already announced them for hard to kill. But the grizzled young veterans, um, James, Gib- uh, James Drake and um, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. Um, unless I'm I'm just getting it completely. Oh, home. yeah, I know
0: what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the
1: two British guys from NXT UK who were in schism and had to shave their heads and they were like really unhappy in WWE. Well now they're back as the Grizzly Young Veterans and they're going they're gonna be in a tag match on uh Hard to Kill. And also Trent Seven went there. So these guys are not like household names, but they're really good. And if you give them the opportunity, which they will get an impact wrestling slash TNA, mm-hmm. they might turn heads and be able to, you know, create um, leverage for themselves in the next act, wherever they go. Just like Deonna Perazzo did going to AEW, you know, AEW needs Monet more than anyone else because they need a reason to amplify their women's wrestling. They need an excuse, and Monet would be the excuse. The story is that Monet's demanding her own segment every week, not outside of the wrestling segment. So she doesn't want to be buried in the nine thirty slot. She wants her own, and I don't know if that's gonna. I don't know if that's what's kind of pushing negotiations away from them. But if I'm AEW, I would do it. To be truthful,
0: if you're AEW, you you would do was, what.
1: I would sign Monet. I would sign him. I would Man. say, okay, it's your own segment. That's fine.
0: Well, they, she, they've never been – she's never been in AEW, so they could do whatever – they could pay her whatever they want. But, I again, I don't think Triple H would would go for paying for, uh, you know, rewarding disloyalty. I just don't see that happening. Um, now, if she wants to go to WWE and, and take just a good deal, that's fine. But she's never going to take – um, I don't think she'll ever take a uh a uh she'll never get the highest paid person in the company. Charlotte, as much as everybody thinks that she like is overdone, Charlotte never left. It only was off camera when she was hurt. And uh and I don't think it, I, I think Triple H understands that. You know, he's a big Charlotte fan because it's one of his NXT. You know,
1: very uh, popular ends. has the namesake. Never has a bad match, really. Not really. No, yeah. very rarely. Very
0: rarely. A um, dependable
1: worker. I mean, she does everything right. You know, but Rhea Ripley's red hot. Rhea. Ripley, I don't think she's the highest paid. I, I don't have the books to open update uh, WWE, but like, I don't think Rhea Ripley's the highest paid female wrestler or, or employee in WWE. But in about three no. years, she will be. I'll say that. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um. All right, so we, we talked about TNA. All right, let's go now, and this is your, you know, your wheelhouse, uh, Boogie. Let's talk the year in review for All Elite Wrestling. The highs, they filled up Wembley Stadium, their first big stadium show all in, did gangbusters. Um, huge. Uh, they had some great pay-per-views. The in-ring is still amazing. The in-ring is still amazing. Um The roster is solid. And the in-ring is, is again, has been great. Uh, They have seen attendance drop. Attendance has dropped. It was down 20%. It was, and you see it in the crowd. Uh, TV has been not as good as it was. Um,
1: The ratings are down as well.
0: I I think Tony Khan is burning the candle at too many ends. Um, and then of course there is CM Punk, uh, that imploded. We've talked ad nauseum here on the show about that whole scenario. So we're not going to beat that dead horse again. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what was exposed in the back end of 2023 is the dysfunction of the front office. Um, I think after a couple of years, they realized that the Jackson brothers and Kenny Omega are not VPs. They're just wrestlers. Uh, the guy who was the of all those EVPs, the guy who best knew how to act like one got booted. He got kicked out of the club. And now he's going to in a few months, he's going to finish his story. But one of the biggest things that I think will happen in twenty twenty four that I think heard a lot in twenty twenty three in the back end for Tony Khan was the uh, was the uh, um, front office uh, uh, dysfunction. One of the things Tony Khan said on the media call last week before World's End was there will be a shake up with the VPs and front office management. Tony Khan needs to start having some wrestling people around him that he can trust. I never thought it was smart to get rid of TQ Marshall. Um, I thought that was it right. TQ QT QT mm-hmm. Marshall. I thought that was a mistake. So your thoughts, Boogie on the overall how AEW's year was overall ups and downs, and what do you think in certain pieces uh AEW will have as a year in twenty twenty four?
1: Five Over, years. I know five years. They had their five year, I mean, it was born in January first after their that Tokyo Dome show, but they had their first show in um May. So um it for what it's worth, however you look at the origin of it. Um 2023 started well. The Revolution show was fantastic, where they had Danielson and MJF in an Iron Man match, and they their their ratings seemed to be stable. Um, they were pushing younger talent with MJF as the champion and willing to work with anybody. They used Punk's popularity to be able to reintroduce him as a to spark a new television program, which gave him extra revenue. And Collision live on Saturday nights, which gave some excitement. Um, to the programming because it was different, it had a different look, it had a different roster, um, and punk is a very, very popular act. Um, but like we are, we don't have to keep discussing it. That it just blew up in their faces because of his, because of Punk's ego, his tribalism, to want to do things his way versus the way that AEW wanted it done, or Tony Khan even wanted it done. Uh, but they were able to pack the house at Wembley, which was a fantastic, like it was almost like a moon landing moment. Where no matter what they say about anything involving AEW, you'll never take that shot away of having eighty thousand people in a building for their show. That is a triumph beyond all triumphs for anything non-WWE in pro wrestling. It's a it's a it's an incredible victory. It was just marred almost immediately by the fact that they had to let go of their most popular act they had to move on with um, patch patchwork from Brian Danielson and John Moxley and Chris Jericho. Uh, they had to kind of go into the recesses of legend acts like uh, sting and uh, Ricky steamboat and Ric Flair and people that could just help pop a rating, which sort of got me a little worried about what the, I, I felt like Tony was losing the identity of a W as the year wound down because he was just trying to find answers to patch up what didn't go into his grand scheme of things going into the year, which probably involved Punk and the Bucks and MJF and Adam Cole. Like it felt like injuries and uh and um and uh attrition and fallings out. It really ruined the whole pace of it because Tony Khan just didn't know how to deal with the human aspect of a wrestling promotion when things really got down to the really got Into a sad moment when it came to like uh, how people work with one another 2024 is going to be interesting because MGF it probably is signed to a deal. Um, But and he was probably the the highest, the highest attractive, like free agent out there. So they got Mm -hmm. him off the table and re-signed, which is great. But you don't have a TV deal in place. I have a feeling they're going to find, they're going to re-sign with WBD. I just don't know how much exponentially larger it is. They're going to be profitable at some point uh, in 2024 is going to be. I think it's almost like how Eric Bischoff always talks about how proud he was in the fact that in 1995, WCW actually became profitable for the first time in its history. 2024 will be the first year that AEW becomes profitable from a fiscal standpoint where he doesn't have to keep digging into his pockets from the cons to, in order to try to keep this thing going and be in the, in the red with the video game and all that. this will be the first time that they can actually cash in with a good television contract. They can expand on that. They can maybe even give more hours of television to some of their roster. And, I just really hope that some of the older talents that they have, the grizzled talents that they have can take a step back and just let the younger guys really show what they have. That's my hope for 2024 in AEW in a nutshell.
0: Uh, the profit thing is huge because he's been dipping, you know, but, but obviously that takes time. You don't make yeah. money. It does, it's gotten,
1: on. it's gotten a very valuable quote valuation valuation means if you sold it today how much would it cost but from an outside investor it would probably be really they probably would sell for probably two billion dollars because it's it seems like a profitable company but in terms of the way it runs it hasn't been profitable yet because they've been churning out so much in cost from wrestler contracts the video game that they did the sets all that different stuff that they've been trying to do to be a really good firm. Number two in North America. I think if they get the big TV deal, Scott, and they exponentially grow the revenue, that will be the turning point where they're like, okay, we're a moneymaker. We can start, we could start looking towards the next step of being a mainstream promotion. That's number one.
0: Mm -hmm. And obviously there, you know, here's the thing. I'll be curious to see, the kind of card they put together for next year's all in London. Now here's the scary part about putting tickets on sale a year in advance. Um, because you have, it's not like when WrestleMania tickets go on sale in September or October, and you kind of got a grasp of what's going to happen come March. AEW puts, they put, they put, they put this coming years, you know, this year's all in coming up in August
1: on sale. Literally, like two weeks after this, the, the, they, this year's it is there now. It is now their WrestleMania. Whether people it is. want want to like that or not, and I don't like it because it's a non American venue, because it gives the it gives AEW fans like okay, the biggest show is nowhere near where I live. What the hell, you know? Yeah, that I think that'll change. I'll be honest. I
0: here is a prediction for me. I think twenty twenty five, all in, will be. Somewhere in North America, okay. Um, I think, but I got think one re- more year. I think one more year of of getting some big, a big year for them. Um, they need to make a big signing. They like that's. The, the, do you see? Do you see a mega signing of 2024 for well, AEW?
1: Mercedes Monet. I mean, is a mega signing if they pull it off, and it changes the direction of the women's wrestling in that promotion completely. You have to focus on the former Sasha Banks you have to like that is a that is a profitable name people know who she is non wrestling so that would be a big one um if i just had to make a random guess there's probably a few tna people like josh alexander or maybe even I'm I'm not I don't even know how what their contract situation is, Scott. I really don't. But like I'm just thinking like in terms of WWE, like th- there's probably a couple of people that I can think of where like oh man, if they went to AEW, they would be they would be a red hot act. They would do great. But I think that they need to stand pat for just a few months. Uh, with the men's wrestlers and they just need to let the young guys sort of take the chance and see if they can build them that's what WWE did in 2022 they had a lot of injuries they were down in the dumps and they let some of those young guys get the opportunity when Paul Levesque got his NXT favorites in the main event spots on the main roster and now you are seeing and we'll talk about WWE in a second but like now you are seeing the fruits of that labor you put those people in a position like hey let's see if we can get these people over well they're over now they're over mm-hmm. now. We need to get these yep. people over in AW now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah,
1: and uh, I think
0: that's going to be a positive. And I think, I think they will stay on Warner Brothers programming. I don't Me think too. Raw is going to go to Warner or to any of the Warner Brothers networks. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so I think they're safe there. And uh, uh, I'm just I'm curious.
1: I still think they're the best wrestling promotion in the world. I'll raise my hand and be a Mark. I, I, I still think they have the best wrestling in the world. Um, even better than new Japan. Uh, I think the wrestling is the biggest focus that they've had, um, for a while. Um, I do think their sports entertainment can be fun. Um, sometimes it can be eye rollingly bad, like the devil angle, but I think the A should stand for alternative. They need to just be different. They need to just be, Hey, how can we be not exactly not not completely different from WWE but what can we give a fan who watches WWE and says man I wish they gave me that well maybe AEW can give you that um and I hope they just don't go into the retread territory which I felt like in the back half of 2023 was a lot of retread and sports entertainment patchwork and just throwing shit together to have excuses for matches. And I thought it created a bad product down the stretch. You know, I, we, they need to get back to what they did best, which was just tell the story through the matches. That's how you tell the stories.
0: Um, I am going to respectfully disagree with you on one thing. I, in terms of pure wrestling, I think for say the last couple of years and a half, between, like, the beginning of the pandemic till maybe mid-2022, I do agree with you. Um, But I think in terms of in-ring, I think right now WWE is better. Okay. Overall. Um,
1: Okay, we'll fight the back alley later and see who's right. (laughs) Uh... I'll bring well, my garbage pail well, you bring your shovel <laughs>
0: well if you well if you want to wrestle like like an AEW guy boogie then just slam your face into a wall and break your eye socket and then try to wrestle <laughs> and um,
1: I'll start meditating while someone tries to exactly me and I'll chest. just yeah. I'll,
0: and I'll just get a I'll just get a, a backhoe and tip over tip have you over ever your thought face. about
1: doing that at work sometimes when things are raucous you, like Brian Danielson would do you just meditate
0: yep you meditate just, you, with strong you go zen. yep yeah. and then break my own and then break my own leg no uh, so all right so let's talk about – let's wrap up by the year in review for the flamethrower itself, World Wrestling Entertainment. Obviously, the biggest thing from them in 2023 is probably the biggest story of the year in wrestling, and that is, of course, that WWE was bought. They are no longer owned by a McMahon. They are owned by an Emmanuel. And, well, not no, they're not owned by him, but uh, they are now part of Endeavor. They are part of TKO Enterprises, which sounds like a faction whatever the heck it is. TKO Holdings or whatever the hell it's called. And Vince. The Corporate Ministry.
1: It's called the Corporate Ministry.
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, the the mashup of Vince's theme and Taker's theme was actually pretty cool. So I have to say, that was a cool theme. So you have uh, WWE owned by a new company. They are no longer owned by the family McMahon. Vince has cashed out. He's he's still on the board, but let's be honest, he's pretty much gone. Um, Kevin Dunn is gone. Uh, They're both very rich men, so they shouldn't give a shit.
1: Wait, Ke- Kevin Dunn? Who's that? S- Scott, I-, I do Main Event. I've never heard that name. What do you call him?
0: Is it Kevin Dunn? Did I get that wrong?
1: Oh, I thought you meant Bucktooth Fuckhead. Oh, Bucktooth Fuckface! <laughs> yeah! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Boogie. Thank you. Good so, man. I was trying to be a little professional, but I do call him buck tooth fuck face. Thank you. Very good. Well,
1: how, did you do a car? I know you, I, for the, anyone who has listened to the, all the episodes, I know you hate Kevin Dunn. I hate and Kevin. I know, been, I know there's a lot of fans who hate Mr. Jump cut Kevin Dunn. Did you do any cartwheel? Like, did you really think you're going to see a difference? Like, or do you feel like you've been seeing a difference in the last? Maybe uh,
0: I see a little bit of it. What it comes down to honestly, Boogie is that, Kevin Dunn was not going to take, Bucktooth Fuckface was not going to take. He didn't, want a boss. Yep. he didn't want a boss. He uh, didn't want a boss. Just like Vince didn't want to, thought he didn't want a boss, but he had a boss. Or Emmanuel. So, so, it's time for Triple H to truly be in charge and have his guys, the Sean's, the well, I don't know if Road Dog will ever come back. Well,
1: but. I heard, he probably would have hired Mike Manzari, but Manzari already took the job as head of production at AEW, which at within t- which that also evolved AEW with the front office though, like you said, where Kevin Sullivan, not that one, got fired, and um, yeah, uh, there's another guy in production who had been there for quite a while where he was let go. Um, so yeah, there's changes there where you know. The guy who was basically Kevin Dunn's like uh, like almost understudy, AW scooped him and now he's putting his clutches in. You know, when those, you, you got to have a really big ego to be an executive producer. You yeah, got to yeah, yeah. really have firm control of what you want. And I'm pretty sure the guy Triple H uh, chooses, whether it's Jeremy Borash, Michael Cole, I don't know. But that person will have a very firm idea of what he or she wants.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, think it's just time you're going to just see it's, it's, it's triple H's world. Um, and the roster is right as it needs to be. There's some tweaks, obviously the two big, the number two big thing after the selling of the company was of course the return of Mr. Brooks, um, Again, not going to get into the meat and potatoes. We've done that. We've talked about that ad nauseum here on the show, so I'm not going to get into it. Uh, But I do think the company is going in with very high expectations for 2024. I think they expect a great rumble. All of these pay-per-views in weird places. We've got a pay-per-view in Australia. We have a pay-per-view in France. We have a pay-per-view in Germany. Um, Money in the Bank back in Toronto. Uh, obviously, Mania and Philly. We haven't had an, the SummerSlam announcement yet. That that's, in, that's
1: in Kazakhstan.
0: Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan.
1: <laughs> you picked them. Kazakhstan. <laughs> Do you have any idea how hot it is over there? <laughs> it's going to be in Bolivia. It will um, literally be the hottest event of
0: the summer. Yeah, everybody's gonna get seats. Everybody's gonna get swamped. Over the, <laughs> you don't even, up the of the like, ring. You
1: remember the Inferno match with Kane and the Undertaker? You don't yeah. even need to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be around the plants. There are plants. But uh, <laughs> no, I I do, I let me just say I do think SummerSlam will be in North America. I do. Oh no, it definitely will. Uh,
0: one of the frontrunners is uh, which would be very cool, but one of the frontrunners I've heard is Cleveland which would mm. be very, because the I've, guardians I've, play I've, or
1: the, or the quick and No, the Brown, where the Browns. uh, Oh, would, the Cleveland Browns guess, arena. I would, guess where the Browns, I
0: would guess where the Browns play.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh,
0: but because the, the, the guardians might be home, you know, the Browns won't be home. Cause they'll just pick a weekend that the Browns are away for a preseason game. So, um, the other rumor is possibly Foxborough. um, which I think would be – I think that would be a mistake. I feel bad yeah. for all Pats fans want to have a big show at, at Gillette, but it's just so isolated up there, you know?
1: They, yeah, love- they, haven't, they haven't had a winner in a long time there. <laughs> in New England. <laughs> I got to say, though,
0: that uh, I loved – I loved being in Detroit. I thought that was a fantastic city. I loved being in Detroit this past August for SummerSlam. Yeah. Um I would go back there for anything. I'm not gonna
1: hearken about that particular event when, with our regiment. I didn't think the event was very good. Uh, uh it was it was okay. I mean, I, I the, the setting was great. You know, it's very hard. Ford Field is a funky place. I will say that yeah. for those that have been there. And Ford also you the see place. the Triple H isms where you see, like, you know, he's a fan of the garden and the way they just had a big show there um in around Christmas time where Punk wrestled Dominic. Um, and they got a huge, huge gate. They, he loves that look of the ramp with the people all on top of you. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Going back to that, they're trying to find visions where it's like, hey, what do fans get their jimmies all over? Like, what do they like the most? And he is trying to find those things again uh, that, that WWE or wrestling fans, which because I, do, I still think deep down in his heart, Paul Levesque at the end is a wrestling fan. Um, the problem is that he is in a position where he is responsible for a global corporate conglomerate that is also driven by things that have absolutely nothing to do with what goes on inside a wrestling ring so he's always in battle but I do think the wrestling fan in him is in there and it's in green so he tries to do things in this production where it's like hey this is something wrestling fans like let's give it to him and hey what do the fans want they want CM Punk let's give it to him and that's what they did mm, yeah Um.
0: so I think 2024 is going to be a banner year for WWE. They're going to make a ton of money. Um, the shows are all going to be great.
1: Is going to be very, very successful.
0: And what? I'm sorry. I think,
1: I think the Philadelphia WrestleMania is going to be the most successful one they've ever had.
0: Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm looking yep. for, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing. Um, and again, they've got, you've got to have uh, the Rumble down at the Trop. That fucking cavernous dump. Um. Uh. And, uh, obviously Elimination Chamber will be in Perth, which is pretty cool. WrestleMania in Philly. Backlash in France. I think I bring back Rene uh, Dupree. I almost said Rene Goulet. They should bring back Rene Goulet. Everybody should. I think everybody should get a special, uh, pay-per-view, uh, black glove. They should
1: hand them out at the gate in honor of Rene (laughs) Goulet. Um, you know what I would really do? I would do a ten bell salute for Pat Patterson. Of course, I think, to start the be... show. Yeah, that's what maybe I they'll would do think. that. Maybe they'll do that. I, 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 I know we're going on a trail here, but I just want to say it. I thought the true genius of the WWF was Pat Patterson. I think Pat Patterson's a great genius in wrestling history.
0: Uh, that's a lot of people agree with you. I, I. Would when tend he to agree died, it was definitely when a big. He died
1: or stepped away. The WWF died. And, but you're I so think bad. you're so dramatic. I do. I do. And I think, but I think Triple H really learned from Pat and Dusty Rhodes and those people. And he, of course he did. There. He wants he did. that. He wants that. Triple H, H does. Cause here's the difference. I'm sure he's got a little bit of an ego,
0: but Triple H does not have a Vince ego where everything's got to be me, 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 me.
1: And hates he has wrestling. no
0: problem taking ideas from it. Yeah. He just loves uh, entertainment and cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think Triple H has no problem adapting and accepting. What would be, uh, you know, good, solid, creative ideas? And
1: to kind of be over, kind of be general about WWE because I know we talk about it a lot on this show for the most of the weeks, uh, just to kind of summarize it the year for them. I thought the year was more of Hunter or Paul and. Them having their vision of WWE and really sinking his claws into it in the production, in terms of the match times, in terms of the formatting of the premium live events where there's less matches so that they feel more important when they build towards them on episodes. The one thing, and I'll say this, I went to a SmackDown in New Orleans in July leading up to SummerSlam. there's two things that I could just immediately tell as a difference between the last time I went to a WWE venture, which was WrestleMania in 2018. So five years earlier, there was two big differences. Number one, more kids as fans. Number two, the baby faces are red hot. They're baby face characters in WWE. Cody Rhodes, the J Uso, Seth Rollins. Um, help me out here. There's probably a couple others. They are Ellie Knight. They are so over they show up and the crowd loves them and they want to see the good guys win. And um, I feel like that's been sort of the direction. The problem is the the most important person in that company is a heel and you can't take the title off of him. And that's where I would say the one big mistake they did. They did not take the title off of Roman Reigns and give it to Cody Rhodes um, at WrestleMania in, in California. I thought that was a mistake.
0: I think the uh, I think the. The worst, I think, the biggest mistake they made, though, in terms of the, uh, Roman in the last few years, was merging the two belts at Summer at WrestleMania two in years 22. ago.
1: In yeah,
0: in uh, Dallas, I was there for that show. That is the greatest WrestleMania I've ever been to, and it's Ooh. actually one of the greatest live shows I've ever been to. Um, maybe the greatest. We'll see how we'll see how uh, Philly pl- plays itself out, but. Um, creatively the roster can't is is is, i think it's a good chance for 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 roman reigns to take his break i'm a little nervous about this rock situation we'll give it time and let it work itself out because i think that does i thought his
1: promo was entertaining the one he did with jinder mahal when he started to put in the hints of hey maybe i'll wrestle roman reigns that's when i was like Here's the thing that here's the thing that I that I and we'll talk about this over the
0: coming weeks as we get closer. Who's to say that Rock? Because everyone's like, oh, Rock must have to wrestle. Uh, um, Roman must have to wrestle twice. He'll wrestle Cody and lose and wrestle Absolutely
1: Rock. Not night and one's win. main event is CM Punk versus Seth Rollins. Period.
0: And so let me ask you this. So all right, all right, all right, Boogie, I'm going to paint you into a corner. Because you're going to be wrong with regardless of your answer. (laughs) Roman Reigns clearly has to wrestle twice. Are you telling me that Roman Reigns will not main event? Because if he's wrestling Rock, he's got to wrestle Cody at some point. Does Cody just... And Cody will not... The story will not end for Cody in Perth, Australia. That's not going to fucking happen. Well... The story won't end in Tampa either. It has to end in
1: Philly. You know, it's so sad that... Well, actually, it's not sad, because I love Brian Danielson in AEW. But too bad we don't have Daniel Bryan to make this a triple threat match. (laughs) Or we have have
0: have Rock and Roman
1: and and Cody in the main Or we don't have
0: Teddy Long to make it a tag team match. (laughs) Um, So we'll we'll get more into the meat and potatoes about how to... What was your favorite
1: match in WWE last year?
0: Um... I know mine.
1: If you want me to answer why you think.
0: Uh, I'm going to say I loved. I did love. um, Was it Seamus and Gunther? Was it Seamus, Gunther and Drew?
1: Yes. at WrestleMania. the second night of WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, Um, that that match was pretty awesome.
1: Meltzer gave it five stars, right?
0: Yeah, that's a great. That's a great Um, match.
1: Mine is right close right around it. Um, it was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos. I, I love that match. That, match that match, is that match
0: that match was amazing. That That was the main
1: event of night one in California. I thought it was an incredible
0: I, match. I did like, and maybe I'm biased because I was there for it, I did like Cody and Brock 3 at SummerSlam. I thought that match was awesome.
1: And, uh, and th- also, this is the first time that NXT existed since 2021. This is the first time since NXT existed, and I wasn't like Rolling my eyes at it. There was actually some entertaining stuff in NXT.
0: This year there was. I was at deadline. Uh, before Christmas. Uh, I thought both. Iron challenges were good. Particularly the guys match. Um, I did not like. Off and Baron Corbin. Probably because Baron Corbin sucks. <laughs> um, but I did. I think the NXT has a nice, nice future. I think the women's division is great. I love Tiffany Stratton. I love Fallon Henley. Um, I like Cora Jade. I like Gigi.
1: I thought the main roster mixture was perfect where they had yep. Becky Lynch with the belt for a while. They would have great. I just saw Grayson Waller get punched in the face by Kevin Owens to cost him a match.
0: Yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs>
1: Cause Dragon off yeah. wasn't melee cleared.
0: Yeah. I, I was, uh, I was very pleased with, uh, I was very pleased with, uh, with a lot of what I saw from NXT, uh, this year. I love Trick Williams. Um, it's time best, for, best for, end, for
1: best interest theme in wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's time for Mellow. We were singing it in Bridgeport. It was awesome. I'm looking forward to Mello on the main roster.
1: Um, my favorite moment really was Bad Bunny's entrance in Puerto Rico. Bad Bunny's entrance is
0: is pretty great, and I gotta all tell you time, something that is all time great, man. I, I was I I am very old school. I will admit, and I'm not a fan. I, I don't like. Uh, maybe it's the Roddy Piper in me, but I didn't. Uh, you know, I I'm not a fan of celebrities, but I will say Bad Bunny does try. Um. I'll even say, and I was there live. I'll give my props to Johnny Knoxville, who actually tried. It might have been a hot <laughs> pile of shit, but at least he tried. I'll give him that.
1: Um, the, for low lights, the room, Roman Reigns Jey Uso match—a bad match with a bad ending. Terrible, the, terrible w- ending. The wrong Excellent. ending. You know, yeah. not only that, Scott. It wasn't just a bad ending; it was the wrong ending.
0: And the match like, was the match was kind of dull. And I don't sometimes say that you have the right ending,
1: problems. but it's not executed well. That was just a bad decision. Um, and then the. Um, I thought the whole John Cena stretch in the summer going to the fall because of the actor strike and having that time to wrestle, um, I wasn't impressed. I, I didn't really see much out of him, and it kind of confirmed to me I don't really need to see any more of him, to be quite honest. As right. sad as it is to say that, because I actually like John Cena. I like John too. You know, My wrestler of the year was probably Gunther. Did you have one?
0: My wrestler of the year, uh, uh, Gunther is there. I, I, I got to say Cody. Um, and even though a lot of people bust his chops that he's dreadfully dull and he's become the Bret Hart of the company, I do like Seth Rollins.
1: Yeah. Th- um, but now these are WWE wrestlers of the year for me. My wrestler of the year personally was Will Ospreay. I thought Will Ospreay was the best wrestler in the world.
0: I didn't see enough will for, for me personally to give it to him. I'm mm-hmm. going to say my, my wrestler of the year is, uh, Josh. Well, he didn't really wrestle a lot. Speedball Bailey. Okay. Mike Bailey worked his ass off all year. Um, Um. Yeah, my Women's Wrestler of the Year, besides
1: Camille. She's my personal favorite. Mine is easy. I'm th- I think it's yours too, but you just say it. Rhea Ripley. Bingo. Rhea Ripley yeah. is the star of Rhea Monday Ripley. Night Raw. Yeah, she was.
0: She's yeah. She's mommy. She's mommy.
1: Amazing. Amazingly over.
0: Yeah, she's mommy. So
1: over that people love to hate her. That's what yep. Triple H was in 2000. Triple H, yep. H looks at her and sees him. Yep. And When he was coming out. On top, she's got a That's... she's got a small she's got a cuter nose, but yeah, <laughs> but I agree. Um, all right, um, and my my AW wrestler of the year because you know I'm the AW dude. Um, Orange Cassie was my favorite. I thought Orange Cassie was just a steady stream of awesome. My actors. wrestler
0: of the year uh, in AW, I'm gonna
1: say, uh, I like Swerve Strickland. He he really turned a corner, man. Yeah, uh, really turned a corner the most one of the most violent matches I've ever seen was that full gear match. Absolutely. Brutally violent.
0: Yep. Yep. Um,
1: and, uh, batch of the year is easy for AW. I, I've talked about it before on this show. I'm pretty sure. But I thought Osprey and Kenny Omega was the best match of the year, period. Mm-hmm. It was a perfect match.
0: Um, I have a prediction. Well, and I'm going to say this going out. I have an overall wrestling prediction for 2024. Nothing company specific.
1: Okay. Does it involve I do. Donald Trump?
0: I've IFC- seen... No! <laughs> God, will you shut up? God. Um. What, he's going to wrestle somebody and somebody else is going to get their head shaved?
1: Bobby um, Lashley is his running mate. That's, what, that's the story.
0: No, Bobby <laughs> Lindsey is his running mate. Get <laughs> is a right. he a
1: Republican from, from Montana? <laughs> from Montana?
0: Um... Uh, I think we've seen Kenny Omega's last match. Mm. I think this, I think this, this diverticulitis is serious. I've known people in my, in my years in radio, uh, boogie, it's no joke. It's very serious. And Brock Lesnar suffered from it. Yeah. I, I think, I think at worst, at best, at best, we will not see Kenny Omega in the ring again until 2025. At worst. We've seen him. We've seen his last match. I think this is going to really knock him for a loop.
1: I might be wrong. He's about to reach. I think he's forty years old now. Yeah. Well, obviously, AJ Styles just came back in his mid forties, and he looks like a fucking. Greek god. Oh yeah. oh,
0: yeah. He's been guzzling the an antralone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly, he's on the UFC diet. <laughs> yeah, Jesus.
0: TK almost has something in the cafeteria. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um,
1: if I had to make a very bold prediction, I think I made this before last year, and it didn't necessarily come true, but I'll just say it. We will have the first ever, or one of the only ever, blockbuster trades between WW and AEW. A contract for a contract. Hmm. I'm not sure what. Like, maybe MJF for um uh gunther i don't know like oh shut up
0: i'm just saying i'm just saying are you out of your mind
1: all right i'm just saying an exchange of talents we will see a talent exchange why would you say gunther
0: know, really? oh, man, I'm
1: just thinking about people who are locked in. You are ridiculous. Carmelo Hayes. Um, Listen, you can't do a wrestler to be named later. It's gotta be one for one. You can't do like I got and, a great idea. Carmelo Hayes and JD McDonough and Tiffany Strat. I got a perfect That's one. the worst trade of all
0: time. I got a perfect one. I got a perfect one that okay. I would take immediately. Give me Julia Hart for Natalia. Heart for heart.
1: Okay, (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. Okay, Stephanie Powers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a great show. Um, Okay, can I?
1: I'll make I'll make a WWE related one. Roman Reigns' title reign ends this year.
0: Oh, that's oh, definitely.
1: It ends this year. He doesn't hit the Bruno Mark. He and it ends this year. No, no one's ever going to hit the Bruno Mark. The Bruno Mark 2028 with the title.
0: The Bruno Mark is 2,803 days. That's not happening. Not happening. I know they're to they got a whole thing about breaking Hogan's record, but if Cody doesn't win in Philly, you you might as well never he might as well never win.
1: You know, it'd be or funny 20. if they retroactively said, actually, in the middle of that title reign, Bruno had he actually lost his title briefly in Puerto Rico against Fritz Von Erich. Fr- <laughs> it was uh, it was the main event of and the, it breaks it, it up into two thousand day reigns and then reigns is number one.
0: It, yeah, it breaks it up. It breaks it up. Yeah, he uh, he, he. It was in Rio de Janeiro in the same uh, arena that that uh, that Pat
1: Ray- first won the Intercontinental Ray- title. Ray- Sorry.
0: Sorry. So anyway. We hope you enjoyed this uh, wonderful episode of the year in review on Place Placebe Nations main event. Uh it has been an honor. Another year will begin, our 10th year uh, of this show. Boogie, thank you. Yeah, as ridiculously insane as you are, uh you are always one of my favorites it is late. It's always yes, it... <laughs> good to have you. On. Um guys check him out, guys and gals, check him out. The TNA, I know your your AEW show is on hiatus, but we hope to see you uh we hope to see you and Jordan back. Of course you and Mr. Murray with the NBA uh team. Where's the All-Star game?
1: Um Indianapolis.
0: Oh, it's at Market <laughs> I almost said Market Square. Look at me kicking it old school. Um it's not even Conseco. What the fucks it called now? Farmers um, Life. Bankers Life. Yeah, yeah Banker's, Bankers Life, Life. Fieldhouse. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um okay. Uh I I I've already heard I I I I thought it would I thought it was going to be a great move, but it it looks like I think uh, – I don't see Darvin Ham as my head coach too much longer. Um, the roster is not happy, but I don't like the roster. No, anyway, so. it, trades
1: are trades are coming down the pipeline uh, in the yeah. next month. So me and Adam yeah. have things up. We're actually going to be in our 300th episode by season's end, if you could believe That's that. That's tremendous. Great job on I both know. you guys. And we're on the pop feed, which is almost like ECW when it was on the Nashville Network. <laughs>
0: Wow. Don't let Andy Atherton know you say that. Um, anyway. Can you
1: imagine getting ready for ECW when I was a kid and they're doing fucking rodeo and Dukes of Hazard? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love Dukes. Can Hazz.
1: you imagine how confusing that was as a kid?
0: Uh it's awesome. Um follow us on Twitter at uh, at PTBN Wrestling. Uh we got a lot of great stuff coming up. We hope you enjoyed uh a new show by look, my MVP I mean, I have a ton of MVPs here on the PTB Wrestling Network, all of the guys and gals that have done so much here. Uh, But I got to give props to my guy, Luke Jennings. That dude is a machine. He now has four shows. He, of course, you can catch him Saturday mornings at 9 with the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast. And then on Mondays, he rotates between the Monday Night Project and Hamburg All-Stars. And this past Wednesday... He debuted a new show. It's monthly, Pure Riso Passion, where he goes back to classic All Japan matches and shows. Oh, wow! Uh, the guy's amazing. I, I, Luke, you're the best, and uh, you add so much to this to, to our uh, to our network, yeah. to the family, and we're glad to have you. Um, everybody, be safe here in the Northeast. Should be the first some first bit of snow of the winter coming this weekend. So be safe. Again, Steve Willie, we miss you. Prayers to you and everyone. We hope to see you in two weeks. We, love you, we will Steve. be back in two weeks. We'll talk about the goings on. Uh, it will not be. Will that be the weekend before WrestleMania? Uh, WrestleMania. That will not be the weekend before the Rumble. Uh, actually, we will talk about on our next episode uh, the fallout from Hard to Kill. TNA's the first big TNA show of the new era. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Uh, we will talk Wrestle Kingdom. And when Steve Willey's back, he could talk about what he thinks about New Japan's future. And we'll look ahead to the Royal Rumble and uh, a lot of other fun stuff. So have a wonderful weekend. Again, if you're in the Northeast, be safe. Enjoy the final weekend of the uh, NFL regular season. Uh, My Cowboys just need to beat the fake Redskins to uh, win the NFC East and get the two seed. That would be nice. Uh, And we'll see what happens. So for the Boogie, Brother Boogie, I'm Brother Scott. You have been in the main event. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will talk to you in two weeks.
1: Hey, Scott, uh, you forgot about the return of another Brooks, Tracy Brooks at, at TNA.
0: Meow. I'm not going to shut you up,
1: reach because <laughs> you're right. <laughs>